Good morning, my friends. Pastor Stephen Brooks here greeting you on this beautiful morning as I'm out on the road traveling, actually down in Georgia right now, and I will be in the studio later today on a television station doing a live uh, broadcast with the host and talking about the good things of God. So I, am, I consider it a joy to be able to take you with me on the road today. But as we're on the road, we're going to stay in the Word of God, aren't we? Praise God. And today, I want to talk about the subject of the importance of gathering the manna before it melts away. And this is something that I believe that this type of subject is something that as you grow with the Lord and you get some years under your belt of experience of walking with God, you find out there are some principles that are very, very effective and preferably you want to work those principles because they perform so well. Now there's some exceptions in this area, so what we're talking about today, we never want to be legalistic or make iron-type clad rules because there are certainly uh, exceptions to this subject material, and you'll understand that more as we jump into it. So today, let's go directly to the book of Exodus chapter 16, and let's open up in prayer today. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we thank you that your word in many ways is our spiritual food. And so let it be just that to us today. Let it feed us, nourish us, and illuminate the path that we are to walk in. We thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit helping us to understand it and to apply it to our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. We all agree and say, Amen and Amen. Praise God. All right, Exodus chapter 16, let's go to verse 11. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the complaints of the children of Israel. Speak to them, saying, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So it was that quails came up at evening and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay all around the camp. And when the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance, as fine as the frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, This is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. So the question, what is it? Is actually the name of it. That's what manna means. Manna actually means, what is it? <laughs> so it's a mystery meal, praise God. All right, let's go to verse 21. So they gathered it every morning, every man according to his need, and when the sun became hot, it melted. Now, today I want to talk about manna in the, the spiritual frame of getting your early morning revelation. In other words, getting up early with God and getting the manna that you need for that day, for that season of your life. Praise God. It's a daily exercise. Now, of course, on the Sabbath, they didn't gather the manna, but they gathered double the day before. And only on the day before were they allowed to do that. So, but your daily process would be get up early and get the manna, because if you don't, it's going to melt away. Now, the old-time Pentecostals, they had... Uh, a, a principle that was based on three essential steps. And if you follow those steps, 
you're going to be living a good life in the Lord Jesus. Uh, the number one step, of course, is to be saved, to be born again, and get water baptized. So upon salvation, what you want to do very shortly thereafter is have some good teaching put into you so that you have an understanding of water baptism, what it symbolizes, what it means, uh, uh, passing from the old life into the new, going under the water, coming up. It's in very similar ways. It was like Moses and the Israelites on one side uh, uh, in Egypt, and they go through the Red Sea, a type of burial, a type of death, coming up on the other side free from the captivity of Egypt. So you want to be saved, and you also want to get water baptized. That's number one. And number two, and this is classic Pentecostalism, is you want to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And you need that because you're going to need the power. You're going to need uh, the anointing. So get saved water baptized. Number two, get filled with the Holy Spirit. And the old-time Pentecostals also taught number three, which is get up every morning early and seek God. In other words, go out and get the manna that you need. And when we're talking about getting the manna in this context, we could be saying get up early to pray or to meditate on scripture or to study the word of God. Now, that's classic Pentecostal teaching uh, that has lasted throughout the centuries. But also, even the rabbis, going back centuries further, have always taught that the night primary has two purposes. Number one, it's for sleeping and getting the rest that you need. And number two, it's for studying, in their mindset, it's for studying Torah, learning the scriptures or the Tanakh, the Old Testament. But my friends, also nighttime or early morning, getting up before the sun comes up, yes, for prayer, for meditation on God's Word, for study or reading, contemplating God's Word. That's the purpose of these seasons. So I want to talk about getting up early today and getting the manna that you need before it melts away. You know, there's a revival, in a sense, uh, going on in the perfume industry in, uh, in France in an area, a town called Grasse, G-R-A-S-S-E. And that used to be the, the hub of the world perfumery when it came to the area of growing the flowers, particularly growing the roses. And it was like that for quite some time. And then when modern science began to move into the realm of perfume, the perfume industry uh, with uh, synthetically creating these smells, in other words, now they don't have to use the real oil extracts from a flower. Now they can create it in a laboratory. It's a lot cheaper. But there's been a revival in the sense where people want all natural products. They don't want to be putting something that was created in the lab uh, made of uh, ingredients that you can't pronounce, but use something natural. So that means they've got to go back to growing all these flowers. And so there's been a revival in that area. But even back in the 19, uh, 1950s, for example, they knew when they were growing tons of roses in that area that when it came to harvesting the roses in order to get the, uh, the petals and to crush them in a very gentle process so you extract the rose oil out, you can only gather those roses at one time, and that's in the morning. If you wait until the sun has come up, the dew is now off of the roses and the scent begins to just, it, it begins to go down uh, at a remarkable level. So you've got to get it when it's damp. In the same way with the manna, when that dew would lift, what would be left is the food for the day. And if you don't get that food 
in the spiritual walk if you don't get that revelation, strength, insight, anointing for that day. Oh, it's very difficult to catch it later. Now, as we started today, I, I mentioned that we don't want to be legalistic. I've had marvelous times studying my Bible at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I've had good prayer times at 11 o'clock in the morning and also at nighttime, just like I'm sure that you have as well. But when we're talking about consistent daily living over the long term, then what we want to work in that sense is good principles that produce good, solid, consistent results. And in that light, I would suggest that we work with the same principle of the manna, which is get up early and get what you need from the Lord before it melts away. Once the day begins to roll, it's hard to pray because it's hard to enter in. And if you can't enter in, it's very, uh, uh, prayer can be very ineffective. We know that we have to have our faith involved in prayer, but there's also that element of prayer where you pray into that realm of the Spirit. And now, from that position, you can sense the presence of God. Uh, but once the day starts rolling and all the, the demands of life and children and work and all of these other things start moving in, uh, it's very, very hard to get a time of a, a place of prayer or intimacy like that. That's why early morning, it's hard to beat it. Now, I know there are many that are watching right now that perhaps you work a night shift or, you know, you have other things that could interfere with that early morning situation uh, in the sense maybe because of your work. But I would just say, even if you go to work uh, at night, I used to work a night shift from 10 till 7 in the morning with a one-hour lunch, like right around from 3 to 4 or something like that. If you have something like that, then just uh, rotate this in to make it fit, uh, flip or fit for the night schedule so that you still get up early before you go to work, even if early for you is at 8 p.m. at night, you know, whatever the case might be. But if you go to work at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock in the morning, you know, get up real early and spend time with God in prayer. Get the manna that you need and it's startling. Over the long course of time, it is startling how uh, simpler and smoother everything works in life, even in complex, difficult places, when you are prayed up and you've had your manna for the day. And when you haven't had it, wow, it's just like, God have mercy. <laughs> Not that something bad's going to happen, uh, but at the same time, when you haven't had your manna, you haven't eaten, and you can uh, your spirit knows that. And so we don't want to miss those times of nourishment. Praise God. Today we're talking about gathering the manna before it melts away. And this is something that I believe that we do find throughout the Bible with God's servants. Let's look at the life of Abraham, Genesis chapter 22. Genesis 22, and this will be uh, verses 1 through 3. And I'm so glad that you're here with me today. As I'm out on the road traveling, Pastor Kelly, she's hanging out, uh, walking around the beautiful town that we're in. I'll be catching her here in a few minutes, and uh, then we're off to the studio. Praise God. Genesis 22, verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. He's already loaded and on the way before some people bless their hearts 
even get up and get started. Now, it says in verse 3, so Abraham rose early in the morning. I want to talk heart to heart uh, with you just for a moment, and I want to say that sometimes the reason some people, I'm talking about Christians, don't get up early, even if they could, but they don't get up early is because they don't have a sense of destiny. And they think, well, why should I get up early? Who cares? <laughs> what does it matter? But when you know that your life has purpose, you can't lay around. You have something going on. And so here, in what was, in a sense, the greatest day of Abraham's life, this is what made him famous, in a sense, that uh, causes him to be recorded as God's man of faith, a spiritual father that we can look at and emulate his lifestyle, is because of what took place this day. And of all days, this was not a day ever to sleep in. Thank God that he got up early, but I believe that something that he was doing regularly wasn't a struggle for him. So when you understand that there is a purpose to your life and that God is working in your life and moving in your life, you can't sleep in because you have things to accomplish, to do. You are on assignment, and that's the way that I want you to view your life as a child of destiny, a child of purpose, and you, you can't do what others do who don't understand these things. You have got to be up. <laughs> today, you're, today could be your Mount Moriah day. You certainly don't want to be sleeping around. Praise God. All right, Genesis chapter 26. Let's move over there. Praise the Lord. We're heading now over to Genesis 26, and I would like to, uh, for us to drop down to verse 26. Genesis 26, verse 26. So we've looked at Abraham. Now look, let's take a look at his son. Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar and Ahuzah, one of his friends, and Philcol, the commander of the army, and Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me since you hate me and have sent me away from you? Remember so often, my friends, that God's blessings, the hundredfold return, does attract 100-fold persecutions. Praise God. But if you want to walk in the good things of God, uh, there's good, you have to understand there will be jealousy. People that uh, they don't like you because uh, they're, they're upset at, at the way God is blessing you. They don't know how to get into it. So we want to teach others. We want to live as ambassadors of Christ. Amen. But the persecution, of course, will still be there. But they said, we have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. And I believe that's your testimony too, that God is actually going to work through you to provoke others to jealousy through you. Now you could shout, that's wonderful. That means I, obviously I'm so blessed that people can see it. Yes, and it also means <laughs> they see it and they can get upset. That's okay. You have to understand that's, that's God working through you, and he expects you to be strong. Praise the Lord and never retaliate, but to walk in love. Let there now be an oath between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you. Now verse 31. Then they arose early in the morning and swore an oath with one another and Isaac, sent them away, and they departed from him in peace. Notice it says, then they arose early. So we have Abraham as being an early riser, and now we have Isaac here being seen in Scripture as well as being an early riser. Well, let's just guess for a moment. I wonder what it's going to be like for, for um, Jacob. So we have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Will we find the same characteristic in the life of Jacob? Well, let's very quickly go over to Genesis chapter 28 and drop down to verse 16 and find out. 
Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning. There we have it. All three of them, the great patriarchs, were early birds. Praise God. And I believe that you will be too. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. Praise God. So, my friends, there is uh, those special moments with the Lord when you want to uh, step in to that lifestyle of getting up early. And if you don't respond, especially to like uh, these dreamlike moments, like what took place at Bethel, and if you don't get up, then you can lose it. And uh, maybe you woke up at four o'clock in the morning and you had a tremendous dream, uh, and maybe you don't understand it, which is under which is which is fine because most dreams are about ninety-five percent of them are prophetic or are in a symbolic state. So if you don't respond when God gives you a dream, a supernatural experience, you can forget it when you wake up. And so you actually want to get up, get up out of bed, and go sit somewhere comfortably. And as you do that and begin to talk to the Holy Spirit about that dream, God will begin to unveil it to you. It will begin to have meaning. You will understand it. And then you can enjoy the great blessing that God has given to you. But you know, a lot of people, even uh, when God speaks to them through a dream, they, they may wake up because it was such a startling experience, but then they'll just go back to bed and they'll think, well, I'll, I'll just get a few more hours of sleep. And then at six or seven o'clock, then I'll have God uh, explain it to me. But you know, two or three hours can make a gigantic difference, even an hour where you get up later, but you can't remember it. So my friends, we want to be people that respond. And often that can mean that you just, if you wake up at four and something like that has happened, you just need to stay up until you've got the full interpretation and God will give it to you. Now let's go to the book of Exodus. We have seen that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were all early morning risers. Let's take a look at something very unusual and I'm going to ask you to even personalize this next verse. It's found in the book of Exodus, and it's in chapter 8. Let's go to verse 20, and you could even, in a sense, put your name in this verse, and it's very, very powerful. Verse 20, and the Lord said to Moses. Now, what if the Lord said to you, what if you took the name of Moses out and you put your name in there? And it's very interesting to see how personal this could be, and in other words, God knows about the importance of this subject. And the Lord said to Moses, rise early in the morning. Wow. Now somebody might say, well, Pastor Stephen, God would never tell me to do that. Well, he told Moses. <laughs> it was actually not a, just like a good idea or a suggestion. It was necessary in order for Moses to fulfill the assignment that God had for him. It had baked into it the need the necessity for him to get up early in the morning. What if your assignment has that baked into it as well? Okay, and the Lord said to Moses, I think for many of you, you could probably insert your name in there as well, and it would fit just as good. And the Lord said to Moses, rise early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh as he comes out to the water. Then say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'll be happy to do that with Pharaoh, but I'll do it at 11 o'clock. 
Well, he's not there at 11 o'clock, <laughs> which meant what? That Pharaoh was also an early riser. But you know, uh, the thing is, is that for Moses to get there, he's got to have his breakfast, he's got to have his coffee, he's got to get dressed, he's got to be fully alert and awake, and all of that requires the discipline of getting up early. But again, remember, this is actually something God told him to do. Let's go to the next chapter, Exodus chapter 9, and this is verse 13. Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning, and stand before Pharaoh, and say to him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. So we have it again. As the assignment continues, as the mandate unfolds, it still is requiring Moses to be the early bird riser. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Exodus chapter 24. Let's turn over there. Exodus 24, we're going to drop down now to verse 4. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord, and he rose early in the morning, and built an altar at the foot of the mountain, and twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. You know, even if you're not, by nature, an early riser, I believe it's something that you can get into. You know, Moses has become so accustomed to this by now that whether he's required to or not, he's up. And by the way, there's something about leading three million people putting a demand like that on you that uh, there's no way you can sleep in. So the more you lead uh, or move into leadership, the more the demands upon you, then you can't, you can't get the manna later. Things are rolling way too much. The demand is way too big. You've got to get your manna early in the morning. And again, there's many scriptures about Moses getting up early in the morning. Praise God. Let's go over now to his successor, Joshua. Now, I know that Joshua, uh, Joshua chapter 3, is going to be younger. And we may say, well, Pastor Stephen, the younger generation, they like to do it different. They all get up at 10 o'clock or 1030 in the morning. But no, uh, remember, these are timeless principles, and we can take them. And, you know, I tell you what, uh, Joshua was well-founded, well-grounded in these good principles. Joshua chapter 3, verse 1. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. There's actually a lot of scriptures about Joshua getting up early in the morning. So he was a great leader in his own right, but he also was working with proven principles of success that are necessary for great leaders. And he was an early riser. Praise God. Now, let's look at this also in the world of the business people. Let's go over to the book of Job chapter 1. And I wonder if it's possible that Job, who had such great wealth, I wonder if he was an early riser. Let's take a look. Now, again, we're not being legalistic. I have a lot of friends that are night owls. Uh, and again, I think it's good to be a night owl as long as you are being a spiritual night owl. We do have a lot of Christian night owls that are not being spiritual. They're up watching every late-night TV show, every late-night sporting event. They want to get all of the updates on all the ball games and all this and that. And I tell you, even with social media, you could at 9.30 at night, you could start looking at social media. And if you aren't very, very disciplined, the next thing you know, you're looking at your watch, and it's 11.30 at night. 
<laughs> and then you want to respond in the morning to get up, let's say at 4 or 3.30 or something like that, and your body just can't do it. Your heart, your mind wants to, but your physical body can't because the night before, hours were just uh, uh, almost like poured down a drain. And I know there's a, t a time where you need recreation and you just want your mind to relax. But, um, you know, most of those who are the early risers, they realize they need to get up early. So you have to become disciplined in this area. And around 9.30 or so, you have to really either be totally wound down at that point or just a little after that. Uh, unless you're one of those rare people that can live off five, maybe five hours of sleep. But there's not many of them who have that special grace, praise God. So for most of us, we really have to watch our time in the evening, how it's moving along, and keep track of that, lest, you know, we know it and it's midnight. And now you're wanting to get up early. It's going to be very, very hard. And there are certain things that doesn't matter how much caffeine you drink, it's not going to move the dial. All right, Job chapter 1, verse 5. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them and he would rise early in the morning. So Job, a man of great wealth who had the largest uh, vehicle dealership in the entire Middle East, he was an early morning riser and he had all of these camels. That would be the Mercedes Benz of the, of the desert, praise God. And he had all of these animals, yet he was an early riser, and you know his workers were because they've got to feed all of the animals. Woo, he, and he had a lot of workers. That must have been a lot of activity. That would be like running a, a gigantic zoo almost. Wow. <laughs> all right. And it said, thus Job did regularly. So he was a regular early morning riser. My friends, these things are in the Bible, not just to make the Bible a bigger or thicker book, <laughs> but to give us insights into how, uh, how those who lived their lives and governed their lives so that we can pick up these little nuggets and step into these things that do uh, make our lives simpler and smoother. Praise God. Now, let's go to a day that was one of the, the most uh, famous days in the life of a young man. This is what actually made him famous and put him on the map. This is David, and this is the day that David killed Goliath. Watch how it begins in 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going now to 1 Samuel chapter 17. The greatest day, well, maybe not the greatest day of his life, but the day that made him famous. Verse 20, so David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to the fight and shouting for the battle. Well, I don't think that when he got up that morning that he knew that by the time the sun would set that day, he would be the talk of the nation. He, even in the other small nation states, he's going to be the talk because that is the day that he killed Goliath. And uh, he's just going to visit his brothers, and this whole thing begins to unfold. But my friends, when things start unfolding, very, very rarely do you have the opportunity to say, let's stop and pray about this before we proceed any further. <laughs> Sometimes there, there's no opportunity uh, to stop and, uh, you know, go pray or whatever the case might be. You have already, uh, you already are in a place where you have had to have had your manna already. You can't now start looking for it. You've already had your manna. And that was the case with David. So David rose early in the morning. 
Now, we, these are the ones whose faith we follow. And look at all of them, how they were all early risers. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And, of course, David is taking care of animals. And that's one thing if you have pets that could be a good plus. They're going to have to go out and go to the bathroom, and you have to take them in most cases. So that's going to get you up if nothing else will. <laughs> Praise God. All right, let's go to the New Testament. Now to the Gospel of Mark. This is, of course, I've taught a lot on this passage of Scripture, and this is one that's real, really uh, illuminating. Mark chapter 1, verse 32. At evening, when the sun had set... They brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. Oh, praise God. A revival meeting taking place at night, demons being cast out and the sick being healed. Oh, that's wonderful, Pastor Stephen. We'll just sleep in the next day. Well, I don't know how long the revival meeting went that night, but I do know that if you are involved in something of God, of a spiritual nature, there is a grace that is released to you that even if you are caught up in the move of the Spirit and you're up late, there will be grace to get up early. But if you're caught up in being late because the ball game went in the triple overtime, I can't I can't tell you that that grace is going to be there the next morning. Mm -mm. Again, it takes great discipline. But if you're in the things of God, there is a glory. Uh, there is a flow of the Spirit that carries you. And thus, we now move into verse 35 after the night revival from the night before. Verse 35, now in the morning. Okay, so it's the next morning after that great healing uh, deliverance service. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight... He went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Now, there could be compassionate Christians that would say, Jesus, don't push yourself so hard. You had a great meeting last night. You need to sleep in this morning. But before the sun had even come up, he had already been up a very long time before that. What was he doing? Was he checking all of his ministry emails? No, you can do that later. You can have your administrator. We could have Peter or Thomas do that later, okay? But it says, there he prayed. And that's very important. You want to get up and you want to go spend time with the Lord and pray. Now, I had the Lord tell me something very unusual a couple of years back. And since that time, I have really learned the value of what the Lord told me. Again, we uh, grow in grace and wisdom as we move along in our walks with the Lord. But the Lord told me something special. And let me uh, take you into a verse that gives you a, a, a basis for what he was saying. Verse 36, And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is looking for you. Isn't that amazing? And the Lord spoke to me one day years back and said, If you will get up also, seek me and spend time with me, they'll come looking for you too. So my friends, regardless of what career field you might be in, whether it's ministry, whether it's medicine, whether it's education, well, uh, uh, or aeronautics or aerospace or whatever it might be, um, the thing is, is that there, if you will get up early and get your manna before it melts away, you will have uh, answers. You will have illumination. You will have insight. In other words, you come prepared. You're on the scene ready to go. 
Uh, you're not coming in late, disheveled, uh, having forgot something and, or whatever the case might be, but you have already had your manna and you're ready. And what happens is they come looking for you. Why? You are always solid. You're always consistent. And of course, when you're eating that manna, in many ways, we could say that that manna was a means of receiving illumination, understanding God's way of doing things. But you know, as the Israelites ate that manna, uh, it is doing something to their bodies. While, while even they're uh, venturing through the wilderness, they're walking, they're healthy, their shoes are not even wearing out, their feet are not swelling. So that manna, which was very fine, these little flakes that they were eating, was even supernaturally doing something very, very beneficial for their health. So all of this puts together a person that is equipped for the challenges that are thrown at them or at their company or at their business or wherever you work at, maybe at a corporation, you are a person that you've had your manna, you're ready to go. And so when the, when the, when the team says, wow, we're really stumped by this problem, and they kind of look over at you, uh, like, got any ideas to get us past this one? You know, uh, you're able to do something to contribute to move things forward in the right direction. But look, we all know if you don't get your manna, if you don't get up and pray and spend time, then what happens is you become normal. And uh, even if you're still gifted, bright, brilliant, you're, you're, you're still not, you lose that supernatural element where th that only comes through seeking God. And it's true. If you'll get up and pay, pay that price, even when you're tired, then what will happen is they'll come looking for you. Woo! Praise the Lord forever. I really like that. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's go over to the book of Acts chapter, chapter 5 as we just want to look at a couple of more scriptures. This is Acts, chap uh, Acts chapter 5, verse 17. Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation. And they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But at night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go, stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning. These details are put into God's Word, God's inspired Word, on purpose so that we can grab these little golden nuggets and, and see how they govern their lives and put these into practice in our lives. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. They taught teaching meditating on the word, prayer. It's all while the dew is there. That's when you get the manna. That's when you get the teachings. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'll, I'll listen to St. Peter's uh, early morning message later on the blog today. Uh, no, that's not possible. He's live and in person at the temple at 6.15. And if you're not there and you want to catch it later, it's gone. He's not there. But when you catch it in the morning, you're also getting your daily bread They've already been up early praying, and they're teaching, and they're imparting. And that's the time, again, where revelation, illumination is flowing. And often when you get that early in the morning, it can, um, it can like cook in you. And you could be sitting on a park bench later during the day and boom, get struck with a revelation that changes, that changes your life or even moves forward the betterment of humanity. That's actually what happened I was just in Greenville, South Carolina. 
I was sitting on a bench and there was a plaque on the bench and it said these benches were moved from Washington, D.C., a park in Washington, D.C., here to Greenville, South Carolina. And it was on this very bench that one of America's leading physicists was sitting on one day in a park when he was struck with an idea, a revelation that we now know of what became the laser. And this man, this scientist, uh, physicist, was a devout Christian, and he credits God for giving him the idea of how to create and develop the laser. Wow, praise God. But see, when you're in the Word of God in the morning and you're enjoying the food of God, the presence of God, I'm telling you later, stuff starts popping out of you. <laughs> well, out of him, pop the laser, praise God. Amen. And he won the Nobel Prize for that and went on to receive many other rewards. And the apostles were teaching early in the morning. Why not in the afternoon? Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you could have a conference, you could have teach, teaching sessions all day long, but there's an impact, a real sticking within your system of things that are taught early, because that's, that's a, a premium time to receive the insights of God. Let's go to one more scripture. This is in the Gospel of John. John chapter 20. Let's go to verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene, went to the tomb early. She went there early while it was still dark. Okay, so we're getting more insight into just how early it was because it's so early that it's dark. The sun's not up. And saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Well, Mary Magdalene, you got up pretty early. But guess who got up earlier than you? The resurrected Christ. My friends, Jesus was already up and gone had already made his bed. Uh, even the little uh, facial cloth had been folded. He's, he's gone. Now, I want to come back to this. I, I, I'm praying for you that this really go into your spirit, into your understanding. Again, when you have destiny, when you have purpose, when you have something to do, there's no need to keep laying around. Jesus was up out of that tomb. Why? He's got somewhere to go. He's got something to do. He's got something to accomplish, and it's time to swing those feet out of bed and get up and get going, even if it's 4 o'clock in the morning, praise God. And when you're excited about what God has for you and you've caught that revelation, that understanding, you know that you need to get up and spend time with God so that that oil of the Spirit continues to flow so things go smoothly, things go the way they're supposed to, instead of us running around, you know, uh, uh, you know, getting stressed out and uh, getting caught off guard and things like that. So we want to get up early. And again, that's tied, uh, a great motivator of it is tied to the understanding of the importance of your assignment and that you have something important to accomplish. And there is no one with more important of an assignment than Jesus. And by the time Mary had gotten there at such an early hour, he's already gone. <laughs> he was up he was up before that. Woo, praise God. There's your standard. There's your gold standard right there, Jesus Christ himself. We saw it in his earthly ministry, up early. Up early doing what? Praying. And we see here on his resurrection, up early, he's already gone. Wow, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. So my friends, let's walk with what would be the ancient path. Get saved, get water baptized. Number two, get baptized in the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues, receive that divine enabling and empowering, 
And number three, get up early and pray. And just walk like that until your days on earth are finished and until you go home to be with the Lord and things will be bright and beautiful and smooth in your life. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, I pray for those that are watching right now that your anointing of your Holy Spirit would give them strength, that grace would flow to them, coupled with understanding, Father God, of the ancient path. And I pray, Father God, that it would be a path that they step into and find such delight in that they never, uh, they never move to the left or right of it ever again. We thank you, Father. There can be exceptions for uh, certain late-night uh, things, international flights, and all of these other things that can sometimes throw a wrench in the system. But even still, Father, there's grace and there's ways to quickly get back into that, that flow. So we just give you praise. We thank you for the anointing to walk with you. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. Now, if you're watching today and you just stumbled across this program and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can come to know him right now and you can get your life right with God through one simple prayer. Why don't you pray it right now and ask Jesus to come into your heart. Just say this after me. Pray this out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. Jesus, save me now. Wash me clean with your precious blood. Wash all my sins away. And Jesus, write my name in your book of life. Thank you for saving me today. And I ask Jesus that you would step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. Thank you in your name I pray. Amen and amen. Woo! Praise the Lord. God is good. God is good. Hallelujah. Now, Let's take Holy Communion today. Grab some grape juice. Grab some unleavened bread. Praise the Lord. And let's pray. Father, we bless the bread and the juice. And we thank you that through this prayer, we set this apart as being holy. This is now the body and the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, that the early disciples, they broke bread daily. They were taking communion daily. They understood that communion is one of your great means of us establishing union. Oh God, where what's in you is released into us and what is not supposed to be in us is driven out by the power of your spirit. So we thank you, Father, right now as we receive the Lord's body, we give you praise and we just thank you. We give you praise. We thank you for strength to get up early. In Jesus' name, let's receive. Heavenly Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus, its mighty cleansing power. We thank you, Father God, that even the, the old devil, it says that when he's thrown down, that he will be overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony, and by the fact that we don't love our lives even to the, uh, even the death. So we thank you, Father, for the blood. We thank you that there is a blood hedge of protection around us, and today we celebrate the blood of Jesus. We celebrate, oh God, your ability to help us to stay clean in a very dirty world as we're living in the end times and there's much decadence and sin everywhere. We thank you that, we, that we're in the world, but we're not of it. And we thank you, Father, for the blood hedge of protection. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
Let's receive. Praise God forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, my friends, thank you for joining with me today as I'm on the road, praise the Lord, having a good time in the things of the Lord. And I pray that you will be having a good time today in the things of the Spirit and that you'll be able to uh, be stirred afresh to get up early. You know, um, it was just a couple of years ago, I went to a Ford dealership. I wanted to buy an F-150 pickup truck and I, I looked around, this dealership had a whole bunch of them. This was before, just before the chip shortage. <laughs> so I, uh, I had a whole lot to, to choose from. So I found one I really liked and uh, uh, connected with a really good salesman. And uh, I go into his office, we go over the numbers, everything looks good, and I decided to buy it. And so we had talked and we had a good conversation and stuff like that. But when I bought the vehicle and I signed the paperwork and I actually, the final thing, I signed my name, it means now I've, I've purchased the truck and et cetera. When I did that, he leaned back in his chair with a really big smile and uh, he said, uh, he said, uh, Pastor Stephen, I just want you to know that, because uh, I had told him I was a pastor, he said, I just want you to know that I did that teaching that you talked about on your YouTube channel. And I said, you did? I said, what are you talking about? Because I didn't even know he watched me. I didn't even know he knew who I was. He said, yeah, I've watched you on YouTube. And there was a, a time where you challenged those that were watching to draw nearer to the Lord by getting up early in the morning to pray. And, uh, and I said, oh, I remember that. Yeah, there was like we set a time of like three months or something like that. We're going to seek the Lord every day early in the morning. He said, I just want you to know I did that and I didn't miss one day. I said, my goodness. And uh, he said, you know, I'm former military, so uh, I, I was very methodic with my record keeping. So he said every day that I would get up early and I would put that time in, I would put a, a, a black check mark on my calendar. And uh, he said, I got to day number 18 and I put a red check mark. I said, what'd you put a red check mark for? He said, well, on day 18, after having gotten up early every morning, 18 days in a row, and having spent time in prayer, he said, on day 18, while I was there spending time with God, I started speaking and this new language began to come out of my mouth. And he said, I started speaking in tongues. I said, are you telling me that Jesus filled you with the Holy Spirit right there in your, in your room while you're praying? Nobody laid hands on you and you just started speaking in tongues. He said, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so, and it was, it was a phenomenal story and we laughed and had a good talk together. And um, of course, he's extra happy because I just purchased a truck, you know, and things like that. But, uh, you know, when you get up early in the morning, there's all kinds of treasures that God can give to you and revelations and understandings and breakthroughs and blessings. And sometimes the things that you need, uh, they just flow so easy when the right order is there. Praise God. Again, you can pray anytime you want. But when you're talking about living by principles and also having uh, good, consistent uh, practices in your life, then what you and also habits because what you do daily becomes a habit. Then it's really hard to um, find a better principle than this. Get saved, get filled with the Holy Spirit, get up early and pray. And if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, get up early and pray. Then Jesus will take care of that too, just like He did for my friend, uh, brother Wilbur. Praise God. By the way, he was um, in the top ten out of all the Ford salesmen 
uh, vehicle salesman in the nation. He was in the top 10. Pretty cool, praise God. So he was really good at what he did, but I, I find it fascinating. My friends, be encouraged, get up early. And maybe you, you want to uh, do something like where you say, you know, for the next 21 days, Lord, I'm going to endeavor to form a habit where I get up from, let's say, from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock, and I'm just going to spend that time with God. Or if that's maybe too, too much of a commitment, maybe like from 5 to 6. But whatever you do, you're just trying to push into a new level of commitment and a deeper walk with God. And it, when you do it consistently, it can begin to lock in where even your body begins to adjust to it because your spirit's going to love it. But even your body can begin to conform to that. You'll wake up just a few minutes before the alarm clock ever goes off because it starts to become a habit. And my friends, there's great, excuse me, great, great reward in this. Praise the Lord. So pray about these things, step into it, and watch how God will meet you in special ways also in those early morning hours. Praise God. All right, have a great day. Enjoy your week, and I'll see you back again real soon. Bye-bye.